Good morning, everyone. Time change and March break, and you're still at church. So great to see you all this morning. Hey, it's Easter in four weeks. Man, we're going to be celebrating the resurrection uh, with the church globally here at the City Church. And so as we're preparing um, as a church family, we're going to be praying. Uh, Our teams are going to be preparing for a larger than normal crowd uh, that week. But what you need to be doing when we're, when we're thinking about Easter, Easter is a great time to invite somebody to church, somebody who's never been to church before. Um, even people who aren't uh, familiar with church, they know something's happening at church on Easter, something about the resurrection of Jesus. You can invite them to church, someone in your neighborhood or somebody on the job. So just be praying about that, who you can invite to our Easter service. And then also we have an event coming up here at the church in a couple of weeks. Um, CCLN, which is the Canadian Church Leaders Network, are going to be hosting a youth pastors gathering here at the church uh, Tuesday, uh, March 21st through uh, Thursday, March the 23rd. And there's some opportunities to serve um, during those few days. You don't have to serve the whole time. If you, the Tuesday night is available, if you want to serve that night, or maybe the Wednesday morning or the Wednesday afternoon, depending on your schedule. But if you are able to serve at that event, if you can just uh, let us know at the info desk, um, I know that youth ministry is a difficult task, and we just want to uh, host this event to be able to invest into youth pastors um, around our region. As, as far as I understand, you know, we're not um, doing the registration of this event, but I think there's over 100 youth leaders coming to it, which represents a lot of teenagers. So when we invest into these leaders, we're going to invest into those other churches and students. So this is a great opportunity to extend the kingdom of God. So if you are available to serve that event, let us know at the info desk. All right, we are in week five of our series called The Way of Love. And the first week we talked about what love is from the scripture, defining a little bit. Week two, Michael talked about uncommon love. Week three, Pastor Brad Larson, uh, a visiting a minister with us, talked about secrets uh, for marriage. And then last week we celebrated what we have in Christ through love um, as we celebrated water baptism. Wasn't that so great last week? Water baptism, so good. Now, today, we're going to be talking about parenting, the way of love in parenting. Now, um, I'm going to read you some of my favorite scriptures as a parent and some of my least favorite scriptures when I was a child. And they're found here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is right. Any church kids out there? You heard that. You're like, whatever. You're imposing this on me, mom and dad. You're going to take it from the Bible and just going to throw this out at me. As a parent, (laughs) these verses are gold right here. (laughs) Children, obey your parents of the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2, honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with the province, that it may promise, that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. Verse four, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So we know that parenting, being a parent, our relationship with our parents is literally one of the most central relationships of our lives. So important. Um, And it can be a blessing and it can be very difficult. And we can have... Um, you know, I am very blessed to have the parents that I do, and I have um, nothing good, nothing but good to say 
Freudian slip there. Um, nothing good to say. Everything good to say about my parents. Honestly, very thankful for my parents. And then hearing from some of my friends, some of the experiences they went through, the difficulties that they had in their parenting relationships. I Honestly, I can't even imagine it. Um, and so what we want to do is look at this and see how important it is from the, the honoring our parents standpoint, because not all of us have children at this point, but all of us have parents. So we just actually want to start here with this thought. And, um, you know, again, for any teenagers, young people in the room still living at home, uh, just that first part, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Not that it always feels right. But it is the right thing to do. Your parents love you and care about you and have uh, your best interests in heart. The reason that they're putting guidelines um, on you is because they love you, not because they hate you, not because they're trying to quell all of your fun, but they're actually thinking about your future. And sometimes they they put things um, in our way, some rules and some uh, curfews and different things like that because they are thinking about your future. And listen... You are going to have more years outside of your parents' authority than the ones that you have right now. And I know this is the only existence that, that you know right now, but one day you won't actually have to do what your parents are telling you to do. But right now you do. <laughs> there's, gonna be, there's gonna be a ton of decades that you don't actually have to obey your parents. They're gonna give you a bunch of suggestions and you're gonna be like, no. But you're always going to have to honor your parents, honor your father and mother in the Lord for this is the first commandment with the province, promise from the 10 commandments that we would do this, that we would have this attitude towards our parents. And like I said, there's a lot of complexity as it relates to our relationship with our parents, but we have to maintain honor as it relates to our parents. Not everybody has good parents, like I said. And it is, in one sense, it's very easy for me uh, to honor my parents. If you have good parents, it's easy for you to, because you have good emotions associated with, with your parents. But some of you look at, at your relationship with your parents and they were manipulative and they were controlling and they were abusive. And then you look back and they're like, they were really immature. And, and there's, there's that realization for all of us at some point in our lives where our, our parents were like, oh, we have our parents on this pedestal. And then we just realize all of a sudden, oh, they're just humans. Does anyone remember that day? It's like, you know, that we thought that they were perfect. Then you're just like, oh, they're just a person. And when we realize that they're a person living in their home, doesn't mean that we don't have to obey them anymore. We, we still have to obey them when living in their home as teenagers, as young people. But there's an interesting thing that goes through when we realize that our parents are human. And again, we could just take them out of this place. Well, I don't have to honor them. I don't have to respect them anymore because I've discovered that they are human and they're fallible. And they're not like the Father God. But this thing is so important for us to do because, again, this is a central relationship in our lives with our parents. It's our first relationship. So we have to get this right in our lives. Um, honor just means to be respectful. It means to fix value. Fix value on our parents, even if we've struggled with them, even if we've had a difficult relationship with them. We have to find, I'm talking about, I'm talking about adults now in the room. 
adults in the room that, that our parents who are, are still living, still alive, we have, to, we have to find ways to honor them. Even if they were the worst parents ever, we still have to find ways to honor them, appropriate ways to honor them, ways that they will understand that you respect them, not that you agree with everything in your upbringing, but honoring our, father, our father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise that we would live a long life. And I would say there's something associated with this relationship. If we just maintain bitterness and anger at this very first relationship, we have it, it, it sort of spoils our whole life. It spoils all of our relationship and we can't get this relationship with our parents, right? We would honor our father. We would fix value with them. Super practical way, if your parents are still living, celebrate their birthday. Call them, say happy birthday, mom and dad. Do I have any adults in the room with still living parents? Yes. All right, you're gonna celebrate them. You gotta call them. Okay, but Pastor Brent, when I call them, they make me feel guilty for not spending time with them. Man, we, we're gonna fix value on them. You, know, you already know. You can already tell me all of their foibles, all of their mistakes, all of their shortcomings. But God is calling us to honor our parents. This is the first commandment with the promise. Here's something you can do, adults, with your older parents, is that you don't have to argue with them about every little thing. Are you here this morning? Because again, now we've moved out of their, uh, their authority and we're an adult. We've got, we've got a job and a family. We've got a mortgage. We've got rent that we have to pay. I don't have to do what they say. And I, I have agency, so I just want to argue about all the stuff I couldn't argue about when I was a kid. No, but choose to honor them. Don't argue with them about every little thing. You have to free yourself from the need to please them in order that you can honor them. Free yourself from the need to please them so that you can honor them. And I know... People have, have gone through you know, situations with their parents that they, they disappointed their parents with their career choice, that their parents wanted them to do this and they did something else. And then forever you have to hear about it, but you have to free yourself from that opinion so that you can honor your parents. And the reality is this, as we grow up, as we adults, Ultimately, we have to get what we need from God and not from our parents. Because again, our, our parents are just humans. They have shortcomings. And sometimes the desire we, we, we see, we might look longingly at somebody who had a great relationship with their parents. I just wish that I had that. I didn't have that. You're not gonna be able to go back in time. And sometimes depending on who your parents are, they just can't provide it for you. They just aren't that person. So what are we gonna do? Well, we're gonna honor them and I'm gonna get what I need from God who is the good father God. Amen. Can I get an amen this morning? And then for those of us that have good parents, we need to do all of these things without a grudge. Amen. Scripture says, as much as it depends on us, live at peace with others. And that, that is, will be the choice of honor. All right, let's, let's, uh, now let's talk about some parenting, some thoughts on parenting for those of us that 
have children or want to have children. Um, there's some great thoughts here about parenting that we can get from the scriptures and some practicalities. And so if you are a parent, I encourage you to take notes. Uh, there, there's gonna be some things that I say today that will help you. Um, so we wanna be uh, intentional with those things. Um, that we are, when we think about being our children, parents to our children, we have to bring up our children. Because if we don't bring up our children, somebody else will. The algorithms on TikTok will bring them up. The algorithms on YouTube will train them up, will disciple them if you don't. So we have to embrace being a parent. We have to embrace these gifts that God has put into our hand, these children. And we have to uh, love them like God loves us. And in the first week of this series, we talked about love and how sometimes we just define love as an emotion. But then we saw from the scripture that love includes discipline. And in this parenting relationship, parents, fathers, moms, and dads, this is where this discipline comes in, especially in the relationship that we have with our children. We can't necessarily discipline our friends and we can't discipline our parents. We shouldn't be trying to discipline our spouse. But love that contains discipline uh, is especially directed in this parenting relationship. And here's the deal about any, um, when we talk about parenting, there is an ideal of parenting. There are some high standards in the scripture for us to parent by. And all of us fall short. Uh, None of us are gonna measure up to the scripture in all of the ways, but we don't want to do away with the ideal. So we don't want to let the ideal crush us, but we want to let the ideal to call us up. Because here's something that I know that that I've seen um, is that good people are a product of good parents. And I've seen this over and over again. And I, I meet somebody, you know, a young person. I'm like, man, this person is fantastic. They're smart, they're happy. And then I meet their parent and I'm like, oh, you're just a product of them. You didn't actually, you're not that great on your own. You were trained really well. You had a really good parent. And so, the, you know, there are some people that can overcome bad parenting, but parents, why would we wanna make our children overcome bad parenting? Are you here this morning? Let's produce good people by doing good parenting. And so we wanna look to the ideal of the scripture. Again, don't let it crush us because we're gonna fall short in some of these areas. And and as we look at these ideals, we don't wanna then turn ourselves into judges. Be like, oh my gosh, that's bad parenting. Especially if you don't have children. Shh, shh, stop. You don't know how hard it is. And when someone's not parenting correctly, we don't be high and mighty because if you are a parent, you know how hard it is and difficult it is and how sleepless nights have changed you. But we wanna look to the ideal of scripture. No perfect parents, no perfect children. All the first one that we're gonna look at as it relates to parenting is that parenting includes discipline and training. Proverbs 29, verse 17, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give you delight in your heart. Proverbs 22, verse six, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
Training, train up your children, discipline your children, standards for your children, expectations for your children. I've, I've given you uh, this example before and, and this is something that I learned from my parents and we did the same thing with our girls is that we would go into certain places. We would be going to a party. We would be going to a church event. We would be doing something. And before we went in to the event, my dad would turn off the car and he would turn around to me and my sister. And he'd be like, here are my expectations for you in this setting. And generally they were be seen and not heard. That was most of it. That was the beginning and the end of the conversation a lot of time. <laughs> but we need to train our children what, we ex- what type of behavior do we expect of them. And we already know that God wants us to honor our parents. Who is going to teach your children honor except you? The world isn't. Are you here? You got to train them to be honorable people, respectful people. Got to show them how to do that. You can't just leave them on their own and say, oh, they need to be honorable, but I'm just going to, you know, let them go and figure it out. And then again, sometimes if we have been, we, we have been trained and we lived in a disciplined family. And I've seen this in a few occasions that, you know, people grew up in, I'm not talking about an abusive situation. They just felt their parents were like, there was too much discipline. There was too much structure. There was too much control. And so they were like, I'm not gonna parent like my parents. And so they just did nothing. They're like, this didn't work for me. And so they the, let their kids, the, let my kids figure it out. Just let them act any old way because I didn't like what my parents, how much discipline my parents. So I'm just not gonna discipline my children and I'm just going to love them. That's not love. Not disciplining your children is not love. Not training them how to act is not love. Letting them act any old way is not love. We are called to train our children, discipline our children. Amen. This is everybody's favorite message. So we don't want to... We don't wanna throw out the baby with the bathwater, young parents, because you didn't like exactly everything your parents did, but you're here, you made it. Find the good things in how they parented you. Find the discipline because there was discipline in there. There was training in there. Next thing is we need to teach them how to be wise. Luke 2, verse 52, talking about Jesus. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Wisdom and stature, favor with God and man. Wise people will be promoted. Wise people will be promoted. Your children are not wise automatically. They're ridiculously stupid just like mine, terribly stupid. You ever seen a toddler chase a ball into traffic? No, no wisdom at all, I'm just the ball. And then what did you have to do? You had to run after them, you had to grab them and you had to teach them something. You'd be like, oh honey, I love you. No, you, you taught them something in that moment. 
Why? Because you love them and you kept them safe. When you're teaching wisdom, you're showing that actions have outcomes. Attitudes take you somewhere, somewhere that you want to go or somewhere you don't want to go. And so you have to teach them wisdom. Wisdom has to do with the future. What does your future look like? This was something I know my dad did with me and I did with my daughters constantly. My dad would always be talking to me about my future. What about this? And what are you thinking about this? And what do you want to do in the future? And there's good education and you got to go to school. Because he, he's looking forward because you look forward, they're not always going to live with you. And you want them to be wise when they no longer live with you. Wisdom is not just going to spring up automatically. You have to teach them how to be wise. And when you teach them how to be wise, they're going to walk in favor with God and man. People are looking to hire wise people, right? Not somebody who's going to run into traffic and do stupid things, doesn't know the outcomes of their actions, the negative outcomes of their behavior. We have to train our children to be wise. How my attitudes and my actions and things that I say, where do they lead me? Where do they take me? What is the destination? What is my destiny if I keep this attitude? I I told this story before, but uh, you know, one time when I was a teenager, um, my mom didn't like what was happening in my life. And so she read the proverb to me that said, um, oh, you owe sluggard. Like she read the King James to me. <laughs> like you're a sluggard. And then she talked to me like you're wasting your life. And so she was teaching me that my attitude and what the attitude that I had at the moment, we had moved and I was sad and I had no friends, whatever excuses in life. But she was, she was teaching me that what I was doing right now was taking me nowhere. We have to teach our children wisdom. We have to teach them how to be wise. Another thought about parenting is that we have to be constant and consistent. To quote my dad, parenting is a hassle, but you have to embrace the hassle. No days off. There's no days off of parenting. Listen, they are actually going to be gone. Everybody says it and they tell you it's going to go so fast. And you're like, this is my 7 millionth diaper. What do you mean? This is not going fast. I'm still feeding them with the spoon. This is not going fast. But you will long for those days. And this is why they give you grandchildren, right? You have to be constant and consistent for like two decades. Are you here this morning? You gotta be ready. There's no days off of parenting. We're not letting attitudes go by. We're not letting bad choices go by without discussion. You want your children to be wise. Deuteronomy 6 verse 6 says this, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. In other words, all of the time. All of the time. My my daughters were four years in age apart. And so for eight years, 
In the morning, I drove to the same high school, eight years, two different daughters, stacked. And for eight years, Nicole picked them up from school. And every day in those eight years, we were there. And every day we would pray for them. And every day we would say, make good choices. And at the end of the day, Nicole would say, how was your day? How many know it wouldn't be good to quit at year three? Figure it out, I am sick of this. Constant and consistent. When you're walking, when you're lying down, when you're eating together, you're talking and you're training and you're talking and you're training and you're talking and you're training and you're disciplining. You have to embrace the hassle because good people just don't show up without good parents. One of these things that um, we see here is when you lie down. This is, this is a really big one, parents. Parents of young children, please listen, please listen. You have to maximize bedtime. So many great things can happen right before your kids go to sleep. You can read them a Bible story, an age-appropriate one, teach them about the scripture. You can pray with them and then you can talk. And right, I, we have just, Nicole and I have discovered this. Right before they go to sleep, they are an open book because they're tired. And you will hear stuff right before bedtime. My recommendation is you don't overreact because you're gonna hear stuff. That, oh, something that they thought or something that they heard in school that day or a thousand different things. And when you utilize bedtime, you can be training your children. You can find out how they're doing. Because the older your kids get, they're gonna become way more aware of their emotions. And you have to be that person that they can talk to. And then bedtime, again, it's like a marathon. And then you get them in bed and they need a glass of water and you know that they're lying. So you wanna train them about lying. And then you feel like they're sleeping and then they're not sleeping and they're showing up at the side of your bed and there's a face right there. (laughs) You gotta embrace it because it's done at some point. And all that you've invested over those two decades, it's just worth it. You have to embrace the hassle. You have to embrace it because it's a hassle. So what are, what are our goals in parenting? We need, we need to know what, what is the end? Where are we going? What are we doing as parents? Psalm 127 verse three says this. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The world didn't give you your kids. All right? So you don't have to train your kids the way the world tells you you need to. They're actually from God. These kids are from God. So I'm gonna train them about God's ways. I'm not letting the world train them because there's some crazy stuff out there right now. So I'm gonna train my kids. They are from God. They didn't come from the government. So I'm not letting the government train them about stuff. Are you here this morning? And I'm not anti-government. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying. We can talk about it later. The fruit of the room, a reward. 
like arrows in the hand of a warrior, warrior are the children of one's youth. Arrows, so what do we do with an arrow? We pull it back and then we let them go. So this whole pull back part is discipline and training constantly, constant and consistency, training and wisdom. And then what are we gonna do? We're gonna let them go. This is the goal. The goal is not to have them dependent on us forever. The goal is actually move them to move them to dependence on God. So again, this is where we're good uh, parents of adults. You're not making your kids feel guilty for not coming around. Because if you make them f- feel guilty for not coming around, they, they won't want to come around. And you don't want them to want to come around because you're making them feel guilty. So the, the goal is you're sending them out. The goal is you're not keeping them around forever. That you're training them, you're, you're disciplining them so that they can go out and live, that they can be dependent on God and not on you. So here's some goals for parenting. You want others to like and get along with your children when they are not with you. So if you don't like how your children act when they're with you, change it. Are you here this morning? If you don't like your children, other people won't. <laughs> and, and how they act with you, if it's poor, when they're not with you, it will be worse. So if you, if you don't like your children, we, we, they're, they're malleable, they're changeable. We are parenting them, we are forming them, we are shaping them. We wanna teach our children to operate successfully under authority. So important. We wanna train our children to operate successfully under teachers, under their boss, and then ultimately under God, that their life is not their own. that their life has come from God. And ultimately you're training them to yield their lives to God, that you are the first line of defense as it relates to discipleship for your children. Relating to what I said a second ago, here's a goal for parenting. One day you will want them to want to be with you when they don't have to be with you. One day you will want them to want to be with you when they don't have to be with you. Right now they have to be with you. They have no choice. But eventually they're gonna, they're gonna, you're gonna let the arrow go. And when you let that arrow go, you wanna have the type of relationship that they're gonna wanna come back and hang out with you. They're gonna wanna come and be with you at Christmas because Christmas is fun. And they're, want, they're gonna wanna come for birthday parties because birthday parties are fun. They're, they're gonna wanna be there for Easter and Thanksgiving and all this stuff because you have, you have a good relationship with them. See, I heard this a long time ago and I, I can't improve on it. So I wanna say it like this. There's, there's two dials that you have with your children. You have a dial of control and you have a dial of relationship and influence. 
And when your children are babies, your control is cranked up to 10. And your relationship and influence ultimately is zero. Because you can't actually, I mean, you're giving love to your baby, but there's no interaction. There's no uh, relational influence that you have with them with words. And as they grow, these dials tick in the opposite direction. That your control starts to dial down. And your relationship and your influence starts to dial up. In other words, you are gonna have zero control at one point when you let go of the arrow. And all that you're gonna have left is relationship and influence. So you have to build both. You can't be all control all of the time, especially as they grow older. You have to build that relationship because your control is dialing down. And, and Nicole and I have tried to do this with our kids. And I, and I would say about my dad, my dad was a master at this, looking back at it. Because my dad was very disciplined, more so on me than my sister, but it's fine, I'm over it. <laughs> really strict. Really strict. But we would play ping pong and baseball and football and road hockey. And he would take me to my soccer games and he would take me to my hockey games. He built a relationship with me while doing all of the other stuff. And so now that they let me go, I, I, one of the things I, I have a distinct memory when my mom let me go, I was 18 years old my mom walked me down to the basement and stood me in front of the washing machine, the dryer. And I said, what are these contraptions, mom? I just figured you threw laundry in a basket and it shows back up in your room clean. I didn't know how it happened. She stood me in front of the laundry and said, you're 18 years old. You're gonna wash your own clothes now. And this was like the worst day of my life, friends. But they let me go. But the whole time, they had turned the dials correctly. I don't want to hang out with my parents, even though they're like 80 and 83. <laughs> and they don't know all the stuff. They don't know what TikTok is and they don't care. <clears throat> but I, where else would I want to be at Christmas except with my parents? when there's when the Leafs win the cup <laughs> my first celebration moment is going to be with my dad <laughs> just going to prophesy that out there <laughs> but that's what we want friends that's what we want as parents so we got to operate both of those dials. And you as a person might be more naturally inclined to one of those dials. You just might be a relational person and I'm not so much a disciplined person. Well, you're gonna to have to embrace discipline. And if you're just the disciplined person, you're gonna to have to figure out how to be in relationship with your children. 
how to love them and care about them and be interested in them and find out what they're good at and celebrate that. Finally, this, Romans 8, verse 38. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation would be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And I know that nothing could separate me from the love of my parents. And I hope my girls know that nothing could separate us, me and Nicole and our love for them. Now I know some of you have adult children that you did all of these things. You trained them up and you disciplined them and you sent them in the direction of God. And my dad said it like this, not all children will wear the crown that you give them. But nothing should be able to separate your children from your love because this is how God loves us. doesn't mean you're gonna agree with everything they do or say and I'm not asking you to compromise your Christian beliefs. But your kids should always know that you love them because this is how God loves us. And he's the greatest example of a father. He's the greatest example of a parent. So we do all of these things. We do all of the discipline and the training and the constancy and the consistency. We do all of that because we love our kids. Because God loves us. And if you are here this morning, you don't have a relationship with God. See, God loves us. Nothing can separate us from his love. And he he loves us so much that he actually sent his son to die for us. And this is the gospel. This is the good news. And God wants us to be his children. We are his children in one sense by creation, but he's wanting us to choose a relationship with him because he first loved us in Christ. Jesus came, he lived a sinless life He died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. And because all of that happened, God offers us a relationship with himself. And all we have to do is say yes. So if you're here this morning and you have never done that, or maybe you're here this morning and you used to be close to God, you kind of feel like this morning, you know what, something happened in my life and I kind of feel distant from God this morning. You know, God is not mad at you and nothing as we just read there, can separate you from his love. He loves you. He invites you close to himself again. So if that's you today, you've either ne- you've never said yes to Jesus or you need to rededicate your life to Christ today. I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. I'd invite you to pray along with me. So church, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and pray this prayer with somebody, maybe praying it for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. So let's pray this out loud. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways 
and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, our team is gonna sing one more song, so let's all stand up together and sing this song with them.